0: Hello, and welcome back to Crane Kick Commentaries. As always, I am your host, Jake DelMastro, and I am joined by my very good friend and co-host, Keen Barr.
1: Good morning, Hello, and welcome to Crane Kick Commentaries. Uh, if you look out your left-hand side, you will see uh, Birdman. If you look out your right-hand side, you will see <laughs> that it is part two. That is indeed the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. It's it's earlier than we normally record, so I'm trying to be chipper, and that yeah. seems to be how it manifested. So it's 11:30, Keaton. It's uh... <laughs> it's earlier than we normally record, is what I said. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's not
0: okay. Early, uh, right? Okay. Um, I mean, as Keaton mentioned, we are covering Birdman once again. Indeed. Uh, we're getting into all the, I think, more interesting details on this episode. Yeah, we're
1: getting into the meat and the potatoes.
0: Yeah, and
1: the production. <laughs> that is the meat and potatoes. Exactly. Um. So, yeah, last week we didn't really talk about, like, the production at all. We just talked about, like, music and, like, the, yeah. like, pre-production. Writing. And, yeah, the writing. <laughs> and how they were, like, uh what the writers were all, like, pretty uh afraid of tackling this project i think at first
0: yeah definitely i mean you think they i mean yeah i don't think they had anything to worry about considering what, uh, the, what we're uh, gonna, the rest of the people what we're getting capture. into today yeah so
1: <laughs> yeah so i guess without further ado let's jump right in uh to the production so like i just want to open with this quote from uh Inurithu because i thought it was a, a, a good. A good quote about the production i think
0: oh yeah i also think this is a good quote that you can kind of understand his thought process to a certain extent yeah
1: exactly exactly uh so do you want to read that
0: i realized and i am probably the last person in the world to realize this <laughs> that we live our lives with no editing from the moment we open our eyes we live in a steady cam form and the only editing is when we talk about our lives or remember things so I wanted this character to be submerged in that inescapable reality, and the audience has to live these desperate three days alongside him.
1: Yeah, I think that quote, like, really, uh, uh, illuminates how, like, deep in it, uh, in your is. He's like...
0: Well, I just think the funniest thing is that, you know, that he puts the word steady cam in there. I know,
1: hilarious, isn't it?
0: Because <laughs> that really,
1: it's like... That's what I mean.
0: Really shows how, like... Steeped in cinema, he is yeah. that like his internal like thought process imagines that he is walking around with this piece of film equipment. all the Yeah, time. that's
1: exactly what I'm talking about. He's like he's so deep <laughs> like... into the film <laughs> universe that he like uh, like as he says a lot. He's the last person to realize like he's thinking of yeah. his life as a film. You know? Exactly, exactly. It's like huh, <laughs> the film that is my life never has any cuts. Interesting. Yeah, I should make a movie exactly. like that.
0: I should make a movie about that, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you know, we're also... Never
1: never on a tripod. We're never, never, like, no, it's never a, yeah. it's never a stationary... <laughs> shot, but it's never a
0: stationary shot. It's
1: interesting that he, like, acknowledges this, but according to, like, Emma Stone specifically, she said that he wanted to, quote-unquote, keep the rabbit in the hat. Uh, because, and that means, by that she meant that, like, you know, he's... He doesn't want to ruin the magic, you know?
0: What do you mean? Like He doesn't
1: want... He didn't want... At least her perspective is that, because she was asked about how they how they how they filmed it. Um,
0: oh, okay. So he wants to, uh, you know, kind of he's a magician kind of. Thing, yeah, you exactly. Know. Keep the wrapping how the trick is done. exactly. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see. I see. I see. Um.
1: So, uh, with that in mind, we're gonna ruin that in the next.
0: Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, I don't think that I don't know how hard. He tried. Well, that's to, what I was just going to say. Think <laughs> he, he, this movie was just so bait for, like, you know, cinematography geeks to just uh, disassemble. Yeah, it is. So that's what we're going to yeah, do. exactly.
1: It is. It's like for filmers to just kick apart. Um. Exactly. So, and that, you know. To be fair, that was just Emma, Emma Stone. Well, I mean,
0: I, I think that tracks with, like, his previous comments about, like, not wanting to reveal, like, what the alternate ending yeah yeah shit like that
1: yeah and i think that's just you know how he is about his films like i don't think that's anything to do with yeah. this film in particular
0: <laughs> no i don't think so.
1: um, but yeah so in order to like do the whole like <sighs> it's such a it's such an intense process right so how did you describe it earlier like because you said something earlier that like Um, summed it up, what was it? They basically and this is, we're going to go into a lot more detail about this, but they basically like shot two films for this film.
0: Yeah, they shot the movie twice essentially. Because they had to figure it out. Like it's all this
1: this first they spent so long like using stand-in actors and shooting on like uh, so basically they went to a a studio and kind of like staged it out and tried to like figure out
0: i would love to see that exactly
1: like they tried to figure (laughs) out how they were going to do it basically and they came to the conclusion that like okay we're not going to be able to do this like fully on location in a theater like it's not going to work um yeah no that's that makes sense (laughs) but obviously uh alejandro was was very very determined to actually to get it into a theater um, and obviously, they did eventually get it into the uh, the Saint James Theater, which is on Broadway. But as we noted in the last, it
0: does not open onto Times Yeah, Square, as we right? noted <laughs> on
1: the last episode, it does not. So that is a, yeah. an inaccuracy for all you folks who who uh, really like that sort of thing. So this is from Wikipedia. This is what uh, it says: They spent a few months designing and making blueprints of the shots and blocking the scenes. Using the stand-ins to read and walk through the script, the planning was precise.
0: I wonder if if blueprints is is uh, actually a very interesting way of putting it, because I wonder if they were on like a soundstage with like blue walls.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, because blueprints <laughs> is quoted. Like, yeah, like I'm wondering
0: if it's uh, if it's literally everything is blue because it's on a soundstage. That would be
1: hilarious. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Anyway, continue. I just wanted to point that out.
1: So this is, uh, this also addresses kind of some of the uh, stuff we were talking about last week. Um, uh, Inuritu said, there was no room to improvise at all. Every moment, every line, every door opening, absolutely everything was rehearsed. So that kind of...
0: Yeah, basically they knew exactly what the movie looked like before they started filming it, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, um... We'll talk a lot more about the cinematographer. What was his What was his name? Uh, Lubeski. What, what was his first uh, name? Emmanuel. Emmanuel Lubeski. Uh, we'll talk about him more, I imagine, a little bit later. But uh he had a good quote, which kind of is what we're talking about here. He said, "Like an upside down movie where you do post production br- before the production."
0: <laughs> That's funny. So like, <laughs> yeah, no, like, because you do the editing before you actually shoot it. Yeah, kinda. you cool.
1: You figure out where you're gonna do all these edits right so yeah, you
0: have it's to, way to end. Yeah, so, yeah. do that but yeah this is this is also an interesting process because like i mean even when we were talking about like barry linden um which is like like talking about how kubrick worked um you know people generally think of him as like a very like precise director but like this is like even like millions of times like more intense than what he did right yeah exactly
1: exactly
0: <laughs> like um even when we were talking about barry linden about like kubrick didn't even know what The angle was before. Yeah, like he sort of did this. He did like a
1: free form version of this almost. Exactly. Like he did this when everybody showed up. Exactly. So it's actually a similar Uh, process when you think about it.
0: Well, it is. Except this. Actually, they're probably equally annoying for the actors, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Well, I think this is probably better on the actors because at least it is. Yeah. Sure, it's annoying in that what you have to do is difficult. But, like, it's he's yeah. taking all the possible steps to, like, A, That's like, when true, he yeah. met with Michael Keaton, he said, this is going to be hard as fuck um, on yeah, you, exactly. and, you know, they know, they seem to know what they're getting into, and they're actually, like, rehearsing prior to, like, showing up and being like, actually, we're not going to shoot any of this, even though you thought you're showing up to a film set we're going to rehearse for four hours in costume. Yeah. So, Which I mean, is, like, I guess, exactly what Kubrick was doing. Like, that was exactly what he did, yeah. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, that's funny. So it is the same thing. It's just... Well, yeah, the only difference
0: is that before this, uh, in *Your knew what was going on. But Kubrick did. Yeah,
1: exactly. In Inuita, <laughs> like, he, he is essentially just scheduled better. Like, he planned it ahead of time yeah, and exactly. scheduled it, whereas Kubrick just showed up and was like, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs>
0: yeah exactly
1: so you know to each, to, to yeah. each their own and uh,
0: yeah, yeah I think we're gonna keep talking about this kind of thing as we as we as go, we go on Not yeah just on this film, but on future films about like how different directors like approach like getting things yeah, done, right? yeah, I
1: think that's an it's a very interesting uh theme, and like the differences between directors are quite yeah. interesting, I
0: mean, I think we'll have to do some more movies by like you know more well-known directors just so that we can have their uh them as like a benchmark yeah exactly you know yeah I mean?
1: yeah. We, we should do like a, a few weeks like we'll have to do like
0: scorsese and like uh spielberg or something like that yeah something. we should
1: do like a uh a, a, a direct a good director series where we do like a month of something or something of like i guess it's only two two movies but
0: still yeah what a month yeah that's a true. month of- anyway we'll do something we'll do like yeah, I don't know. We'll do like a classic every yeah, one. yeah.
1: We'll, every few movies, we'll do like...
0: yeah. Or it'll be like a classic director, but it it will be like not their most well-known <laughs> film
1: or something like that. I mean, with Scorsese, that would be kind of difficult because <laughs> they're kind of all well. We'll do like The King
0: of Comedy or whatever. Oh, that's a great movie. Or... Um, yeah.
1: Anyway, we're getting sidetracked here. What we we're, were we're yeah yeah. So this is so this is kind of the last detail before we get into the real d gritty. This is just like what Edward Norton had to say about the uh, the filming process. Yeah, he, um, he said that normally in in movie production, half the people can uh, "quote unquote" check out due to like the repetitive aspects. But
0: oh, I could imagine him checking.
1: Yeah, out. I mean, I don't know. Like he's got he's an interesting actor to me. He, I like, I don't know. I just I get mixed vibes from him. You know what I mean? Well,
0: I don't know. Like maybe it's just like his. Maybe it just depends on the project, you know? Maybe he's a talented actor who, uh... Is you know, convincing? sometimes does it for the money. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Maybe he's like James Spader. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, he's gotta, you know... I don't know, they
0: give me similar vibes, I James think.
1: Spader and Edward Norton? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Actually, that's very true. <laughs> but yeah, he said during the shooting of Bird... This is Edward Norton, not James Spader. Um, he said during the shooting yeah. of Birdman... <laughs> James Spader was in Birdman? maybe he was hanging around. Um... Everybody's on. Everybody's on the whole thing, and you're all on pins and needles because you're all relying on forty other people not to drop the ball. Which is a good point. More yeah. so than
0: I mean, that's pretty much any movie production, but this is like just to the end well, emperor, yeah, that's right? like that's
1: like is that on steroids? Because it's like yeah, each shot. Well, is I mean, fourteen I, minutes. I don't
0: think we really did a very good job of explaining why this movie was so difficult no no i mean maybe we should just like clarify yes. like you know i
1: think we should clarify
0: exactly what's going on yeah. here like basically like we're talking about like takes that last like you know six minutes or whatever yeah which is like a really long at, time to do one take minimum
1: six minutes yeah
0: and which are all completely rehearsed and have to be like you know done to the millimeter you can't miss a mark right?
1: yeah like yeah with 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 no cutting, yeah, you've got
0: to do. Well, no, but also especially because the cut needs to line up with the next shot, so you have to. The camera has to be in the exact right place at the end of the, the beginning and. Yeah, take.
1: exactly.
0: Which is. So it's like you have to be really on your mark, and you have to make sure that you don't make a giant mistake in the whole time. It's a lot, but yeah, we're talking about takes that last longer than. Uh, a roll of film does in my case.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're talking about takes that are, in, in some cases, like what, 7% of the movie at once, you know? It's like.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, there's not that many takes in this film in the final cut. No, exactly. But in order to make it that way, it, you have to do each one perfectly.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's what
1: Edward Norton's talking about. Is you've got like you know you've got every person involved in the sound and the cinematography and the actors. They all have to do it perfectly. Not and normally, you know, in a normal film, you have to do that for what two minutes maximum while you're shooting, and then they cut, and then you switch around, and then you do it again for two, or three minutes, even maybe from like thirty seconds to two to three minutes. You know, that's kind of that's I, I, that's not really based on much, but that's kind of my guess on you know standard time. But then in this... Yeah, basically, you can't really fuck it up, you know? Exactly. This is... And you have
0: all these people who are all like, you know... uh, You have to rely on everybody, right? Yeah. It's it's like... it's You know, it's like the Apollo program. It is
1: like the Apollo program. <laughs> it's exactly like the Apollo program. It's uh Except
0: I guess the consequences for screwing it up are not quite as bad. It
1: depends on who your actors are. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Um. So yeah. So Norton was saying because of this. Oh no. This is this is uh, Emma Stone now. Uh, saying that because yeah. of uh the forty other people you need to rely on. She said that uh, in Uruto's process, um, he's able to get the best out of his cast. Uh, his process creates this sort of fury in you, and then you end up realizing that he's just got so much out of you, and you didn't even know you had. But, yeah, she, it's an interesting insight into, into into how she viewed the movie, I think. And I think how everybody viewed the movie, yeah. because I think that's kind of what you got to deal with.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, the only thing that would ignite more fury in me is if I was on the set of, um, uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, <laughs> Living in Oblivion. Like, if I was on the set of the movie that they made in... Right, right. Well, well, imagine if those... Which is coincidentally also called Living in Oblivion.
1: That's why it confused
0: me when you sent (laughs) me a
1: picture of the clacker that said... I was like, wait, who's... What is this now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But imagine if these two movies were mixed. So imagine... Imagine that.
0: Well, they... Yeah. I mean... I mean... It's kind of like the opposite ends of, like, the spectrum here. Go on. Well, just I mean, sort of like meta, and I mean, okay, so this is kind of a poorly put together, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, we'll go on. With it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so basically, like, there's a lot of similarities actually in the content of these two movies because, like, you know, uh, this is about a play, which you know is kind of screwing up at every moment yeah and that's about a movie which is screwing up at every moment that's true there is a
1: lot in common
0: (laughs) and you you have like actors with big personalities that are in both of them right yeah we
1: really did not plan how similar these movies are
0: no we yeah honestly like this is just coincidence so we did them back-to-back but also if you look at the way they were shot like i mean like um It seems like Living in Oblivion was shot in, like, the most amateurish way possible.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it is kind of opposite ends of, like, the professional versus amateur spectrum in a way. Because...
0: Not that Living in Oblivion is amateur. No, no, no. But, like, it's amateurish in comparison to (laughs) that. Exactly, exactly.
1: It's not amateur at all.
0: Like, amateur is what we
1: do. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's not amateur. (laughs) It's, uh... It's... It's the other end of the professional spectrum. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like, you yeah. have one guy? Anyway, um, we don't need to rehash living in Oblivion. So.
0: But yeah, no. There's a lot of parallels here, and parallels and opposites. A lot of that. Yeah. Parallels and perpendiculars.
1: Perpendiculars. <laughs> exactly. Keep your uh, <laughs> keep your analogies uh, in line.
0: Um. Yeah. So that's in uh... line.
1: Did you get it? Oh, that's a sick pun. I didn't even plan <sighs> oh, that was it. God, that's bad. God, it's good shit. So now we watch. Um, she yeah. was talking about how, like, I think we sort of talked about this last week, not really, but like, just like, cause the the writers were um had experience writing for stage plays, yeah, and because you know the rehearsal process and the way it's shot makes it so much like a stage play. That's what at least that's what Naomi Watts said. She said it felt emblematic of how it feels on stage. At least my long time memories. From long ago. I guess Naomi Watts was on the stage. I guess that's what that means. I didn't know that. Yeah. But a lot of actresses and actors started on the stage, so you know.
0: Yeah, I mean that's uh one way to learn. Did Edward Norton? Did Edward Norton by any chance? He seems like he might be. I
1: think he did. I think um I think Yeah. we mentioned that last week. That he had some experience on the stage. Which is why he was able to kinda own of the role a little bit.
0: Yeah, so uh, it looks like he, uh, yeah, it looks like he spent quite a bit of time in theater. In New York theater, specifically. Also, while I'm on his Wikipedia article, I would just like to say that he was from Boston. Ew.
1: Oh, gross.
0: <laughs> gross, yeah. Come at us, Bostonians. <laughs> also, he is the UN Goodwill Ambassador for Biodiversity. Interesting. That's
1: very interesting. How is that like? How Leonardo DiCaprio is the UN ambassador for um, <laughs> climate change or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's done good work. He's done some some contradictory work in the sense that he also owns like a massive yacht. <laughs> but he...
0: uh, no, Leonardo DiCaprio,
1: not Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> yeah. Come on. What year do they think this is? Which one's more relevant? <laughs> yeah, Come right. on. Alright, um... um... But yeah, Edward Norton said about the ending of the film, he said, I've never been on a set where every day ended with an enormous, authentic sort of cheer at having made it. You're waiting for the scream from Iñárritu, and everybody was genuinely excited.
0: Nice. Yeah, I know I'd be excited to be.
1: So yeah. that, again, reminds me of Living in Oblivion. <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah, like, at really the end like... of the day, everyone's, like, so happy that they got through that challenge, and, like, process or
0: thoroughly disappointed
1: that it didn't work out yeah
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is that they got (laughs) to the other side that yeah yeah i know um but yeah no it's it's uh it's interesting i mean like pretty much any any film is like that but just two
1: more or less degrees right yeah yeah definitely um but yeah so that kind of brings us to as i said the, the true uh, meat of, of what we're going to talk about
0: yeah what do you say the nuts and bolts the, yeah the nuts uh, and bolts the gritty uh the real grit of it the real grit of it or shall we say the real grain the real of it? grain yeah r-e-e-l well,
1: okay. grain
0: okay you're just putting too many things together real where. grain uh anyway uh let's get let's get to that that segment and what segment is that well, You know, it's this one. Okay, we're talking about how they shot it. Birdman. All right. All right, before we start, I'm going to uh, introduce some of the players here. Um, And I'm going to introduce a couple more than usual because I think that. There's uh, a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. So, uh,. Direct photography, as we uh, mentioned before, is Emmanuel Lubeski.
1: Emmanuel Lubeski.
0: The first AC, this is the focus puller, is Gregor Tavener. Gregor Tavener. The second AC is Rebecca Venezia. Rebecca Venezia. And the Steadicam operator is Chris Harehoff. Chris
1: Harehoff, you absolute beast. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, legend. seriously. Oh, my God. Like steady cam (laughs) operator, more like hero like he must he better have been paid the most out of any person in this film.
0: I mean he got a serious workout, I think. Yeah. If he Like he must have been like really buff, but actually let me let me look at his uh, Yes get a picture of him. What's his name again? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Chris Herrhoff, it's it's like spelled wait, why does he have an article on Stargate Wiki? I can't see like a oh here he looks like, you know, he's doing okay. Uh Oh, he was also the city camera... Op- no, i sorry. He was the B camera... Yeah, he was the city operator for Stargate, actually. Interesting. Right? The Stargate movie? As well. Stargate huh, the movie, yeah. That's funny. Crossover. <laughs> wow. Crossover, yeah. Interesting. That's why he had a Stargate Wiki article. That's
1: funny. Yeah, he looks he looks like he's, uh, he's uh, in pretty good shape there. So what film is he doing here? He's doing Battleship with Liam Neeson.
0: Yeah, I believe that's the... Is that is that a Michael Bay movie? Probably. I don't know. It, it, I, yeah,
1: I, how you make a film out of the game Battleship is beyond me, but they managed.
0: Oh no, it's not. Or at least it's not directed by Michael Bay. Sorry, never mind. Um, I don't know. It just seems like it would be a Michael Bay movie. Yeah.
1: So he's got knee pads. I'm just. I like. This is interesting. Looking at his whole. Uh, his,
0: his whole setup. setup he's got like
1: knee and shin pads. I guess in case he like rams yeah. whams himself in the shin with the camera.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. Or maybe maybe at some point he has to like kneel down or something, which like on the surface that he's on, like, maybe... Yeah. ...is, uh... Not a good idea right there. But, yeah, you can see he's, uh... In this picture, at least, he's, uh... Carrying a, uh... A Panavision camera, which is not a light No, today. it's
1: huge. It's as big as... half as big as <laughs> yeah.
0: he is. Uh, so, yeah. Um... And it looks like he's got a fucking oscilloscope attached to his camera. I don't know why.
1: He's got a lot going on there. So, Chris Harha, the sure. city what, camp operator... It? absolute legend Herhof,
0: or, I, believe. I mean that I don't actually know that for a fact but this is I think it looks like it's Dutch so I think that's how you say it <laughs> yeah yeah um, oh sorry no, no not well it is Dutch but apparently he's from South Africa
1: uh, well also, also Dutch, Dutch. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah Um, we got we got distracted about breaking down his we got distracted equipment
0: about the brilliance of Chris Harehoff's mm-hmm. equipment uh but anyway so speaking of uh equipment uh, as you can see in that picture he's got a panavision camera yeah uh, it looks like it's 35 millimeter but do you what do you think they used for this uh do you think it was film or digital film
1: or digital i'm gonna go so this was a difficult difficult question for two reasons yeah your first thought because we've had this conversation before obviously so your first thought is okay it's, so this movie was 2014. Just exactly, it, right? this movie was 2014. So unless the director is a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Artiste? Artiste and auteur? <laughs> um, auteur. Which, which he is. is. <laughs> let's let's be, be honest. Let's, let's be clear. He head. is one yeah. of those. So unless the director is that there's not really much of a chance that it's shot on, on film. So that's your first thought, but then as you said, he is. So your second thought is, okay, well, would he is would he do that? Is that is that necessary for this film? So really what it comes down to is is he is he just really into film and chose to do it because it doesn't make sense specifically for this film to be, you know, you know what I mean, it's not like it's like a novelty specifically for this film to be shot on film. So like there's nothing right. about this movie that is like, you know, oh hey look, so final answer: yes, it is shot on film. You're wrong. Ah, fuck.
0: <laughs> shot on digital, um, because he's he's so auteur-ish yeah, I, that You're like, oh, you know, he's 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 got he's got to be shooting on film because he's yeah. I mean, it know, is fancy past director. Yeah, exactly. Right?
1: That's kind of what I thought. And but my re- the reasonable answer is on digital, especially just because of like with a steady cam, I don't really know how that works. And,
0: you know, I just feel like it's going to be... Well, I be... mean, as... Well, yeah, okay, so here's why... Oh, in real I mean, length, is a whole all, thing, too.
1: Real sorry? length, I don't know how that
0: works. Exactly, exactly. I was about <laughs> oh, to say yeah. that. Because, like, even if you don't... I mean, well, actually, let's... I think, specifically, like, uh, your 2 is kind of a... Uh, uh, he kind of digital is kind of his thing right like he's kind of very much in that realm like i mean specifically like uh with like the revenant oh yeah
1: i forgot about the revenant
0: yeah so like that was uh shot on large format digital. yeah that was
1: like a there's a whole uh, thing about how he shot that was so there?
0: and like that specifically like was like you know uh lauded as like you know great cinematography with digital. yeah and right? also
1: but also part of that was because they were like in I forget where they were like they were somewhere in Canada, yeah. But like they only heck, they could only they only use natural lighting for the whole film. So
0: yeah, exactly. So they could only sh- is that the same director? Sorry, same cinematographer? By the oh, one? I don't know, maybe. Yeah, it is.
1: It is sick. Like that's that. Yeah. Like that. Like well, obviously, where that's not the film we're talking about. but, Like you know, you can only shoot for a certain yeah. amount of time every day, when like, certain yeah. hours. I every mean, day.
0: let me just go over Lubezki's, uh like academy award wins okay he won three academy awards holy shit so uh he won his first academy award for uh gravity okay yeah his second academy award for this film Uh, i'm not the hugest fan of it i
1: seem to recall that yeah
0: um so he won his second academy award for this movie so
1: that's two years in a row because gravity was
0: 2013
1: Uh, no Uh, oh oh yeah it was yeah
0: Second Academy Award for this film, and third Academy Award for the Revenant. So
1: three years in a row. Yes. No. Uh, the
0: it was 2015.
1: Oh yeah, it was. This Jesus Christ. This dude won three yeah. Oscars
0: in a row. This guy did the three. Holy feet.
1: shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this guy's better than Hoonierich. Yeah, that yeah.
1: Is, this guy is is more. That's intense.
0: <laughs> let me just let me just quickly see like uh, what if they were all the same award
1: yeah right are they all
0: are they all best cinematography well I mean I assume it would all be best cinematography because it's his uh... yeah exactly Academy Awards best cinematography yep all all best cinematography has anyone ever done that in in the what three best cinematographies in a row any
1: three of the same award in a row it's in the modern era I'm sure it happened in like the 30s or 40s when there's only four people winning Oscars but you know
0: Okay, let me see most consecutive Academy Awards.
1: Tom Hanks has the back to back, right? Or cuz it was
0: There are a couple of people back to back here. Uh I'm just looking. Uh so yeah, Tom Hanks has it.
1: Um... Just the back to back, not the 3peat.
0: Okay, so we have Tom Hanks, Jason Robards, Katherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy, and Louise right. Re- most of these people are really fucking old. But Tom Hanks is. There. So Tom Hanks did the 3peat. <laughs> I mean, Tom
1: Hanks isn't young, but like you know. No, but like, comparatively.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that, that's just actors, though. I, who holds the record? Okay. So
1: hold on, that was just um, that's just the back to back though.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Um, the record for consecutive Oscar wins is Thomas Little, with five Oscars in four years. What? <laughs> for art direction. Uh, this is in the 1940s. 1940s. Yeah, that's right. Oh,
1: yeah. Like. I don't count that shit because, come on. Actually,
0: I don't even think we've ever covered a single film from the 1940s.
1: Because there's no good films from the 1940s. Keaton, are you sure you're making that statement? <laughs> I'm just Googling 1940s films right now <laughs> just to make sure I can stand by it.
0: What about It's a Wonderful Life? Oh,
1: yeah, and Casablanca, two of my favorite films.
0: Yeah, Keaton?
1: Shut (laughs) your mouth, okay. Yeah, I just said that without thinking, but but yes, citizen Kane.
0: (laughs) Kane, you fucking (laughs) dumbass.
1: Oh god, that's funny. Yeah, there's a lot of good movies from the nineteen uh nineteen forties. Um in fact someone could argue that it's the golden age of film. Um so what were we talking about before that?
0: We were talking about filming. So we we established that this was digital. Yes. Um so uh we got kind of sidetracked about emmanuel lubezki's awards yeah
1: well the 3 P the modern era 3 P that's pretty impressive that's hard to do yeah in the 1940s anyone could do it um
0: pfft, thomas little like you yeah know. <laughs> Thomas little did it
1: five times in four years yeah, let me
0: just see i assume gravity was shown on digital but
1: it had to have been that whole thing was like it's supposed to be like a technological uh, masterpiece
0: no i mean actually uh, most of the film so most of the film was shot digitally Uh huh. but some of it was shot in 70 millimeter but
1: then how did they mix it did it not just digitize the film and that well they
0: scanned it yeah
1: so who gives a shit just fucking shoot it in digital stop
0: being i in- mean you understand that most films which are you know quote unquote shot on film are, unless we're talking about the Love Witch, uh, yeah. <laughs> which I'm sure we will one day. Uh, yeah, we've had this. Most films which are shot on film are edited on yeah, digital. That, yeah,
1: that's why I have such an issue with. it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really blame any anybody making a movie if that's the way you do it, just because I understand it's actually very hard to get everything done on in production on uh, on film. So
1: why would you do it? if you're just gonna have to scan
0: it no because well i mean there are various reasons why you would want to shoot on set on film uh one of which is is you know the big d word dynamic range i
1: don't think that's the big d word but that's a big D word
0: well that's that in terms of film that's that's what that's whenever somebody talks about like oh why would you shoot on a film they're like dynamic range you know um so do you want to go uh, into we'll not talk about that because that's no, because we're. i still talking about why they shot this movie on. Okay, Earthill. hold on. Besides the fact that, um, that that's kind of uh, uh, in, uh, in in Erich's deal.
1: See, now you're having trouble too.
0: Because well, you're confusing me. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's not what I thought it was.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, you know, uh, what was I gonna say? So anyway, yeah, no, it's literally just take length is I think a big reason why it would have been really hard to shoot this movie right. on film. Right. So. Because, I mean, like, let's say you have a 15-minute magazine, right? And that's
1: your that's your your film. You're talking about a magazine. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like a uh, gun, you have minutes for, of your, for your camera. camera. Sorry? Like a
1: gun, for your camera.
0: I guess, yeah. Imagine uh, a camera <laughs> shaped like a gun. I mean, not really? No. It's shaped like a really big... It's like a bazooka, if anything. No, that's what <laughs> I'm saying, but like,
1: imagine a camera shaped like an AK-47. It wouldn't
0: be very like good. Like a film camera, think. you like
1: pop it in the bottom and then you pull the trigger to film? That would be a
0: very odd way of designing a camera. Anyway, let me get to what I'm sorry. getting to, okay? Sorry, sorry. Anyway, literally like, okay, let's say you have a 15-minute magazine. Like, even if you're doing like five-minute takes, you can only put three takes until you got to change the magazine. Right. Yeah, that is, and I guess... And let's say that like, okay, you have a magazine and you do your five-minute take And you nail it on the first try. Yeah. And then let's see, you have to do a six-minute and then an eight-minute one after that or something like that, right? Uh. All of a sudden, that doesn't fit evenly, so you got a lot of wasted film on that magazine.
1: Yeah, that is kind of a nightmare, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, And actually, this happens all the time, uh, which is why uh, a lot of independent films uh, shoot on what is called short ends. What is that? Which is when a major motion picture doesn't finish a whole role.
1: Oh, hilarious!
0: <laughs> they cut it off and they store it, and then they sell it to independent films. Essentially, that's great. So you're they're like making it with like the scraps of Hollywood. that's
1: awesome. That's great.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I can
1: assume it's cheap.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing about like uh, why this wouldn't be shot on film is just because like, you know, film cameras are gonna be a lot heavier. This is all on Steadicam, you know. Yeah, I mean, et cetera Like
1: uh, all the uh, all the basic reasons why digital is slightly also, more uh, yeah. convenient still apply.
0: Yeah, although the one thing I will say uh, that that would make this movie suited for film would, is that it's so impeccably rehearsed.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Because you don't the But I mean I think all the other sense. drawbacks
0: make it so that I mean also I don't think any radio ever intended to shoot this movie on film as far as I know.
1: No. Again, that's mentioned. I think not he was just like, I, I know
0: digital, I'm gonna do digital, right?
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, not really his thing.
0: But yeah, uh what was I gonna say? Yeah, so as I previously alluded to, as far as I can tell, there is not a single shot in this film which is on a tripod.
1: Not a single shot. Let me think. What about the time lapse? But doesn't that... Doesn't that
0: start from a different angle? Well, okay, yeah, the time lapse is probably on a tripod, to be
1: honest. In in reality, I know what you're saying, though. Yeah. Like, to actually technically do it, they probably did that, but... Like, none of the... Yeah, because
0: the... uh, yeah, I guess you're not going to have a guy sit there with a city cam for, like, six hours <laughs> or yeah. whatever.
1: But the the guy placed the camera there after having it having been on a steady cam. So it's it's exactly. not like the whole shot was on a on a tripod even if it was, which we don't know that it was. But I the point is
0: Well also they could have switched it in the time in between the time lapse. That is true. But anyway, so um um like literally every every shot is is done on a city camp. Uh and they used two different cameras
1: for this movie. And they are.
0: Uh well so they used the Arri Alexa uh, XT. That does not sound the like a camera name. M. Yeah. So uh, basically it's just they had a big and a small camera.
1: Right. And what do
0: you use? The big camera was the one they used on the Steadicam. Oh,
1: no. And, <laughs> That's not what I thought it would have been.
0: Well, this is relative. The relatively large camera was on the Steadicam. Uh-huh.
1: And, what, so what they- and
0: the other camera is like this, this camera that is like just basically the bare bones of a camera. It's like it's it doesn't even have a viewfinder or anything. Oh wow. Um and that was used for quote unquote extreme um handheld or remote work. <laughs> I'm
1: trying to think extreme handheld or remote work. Were there any shots from on the ledge of a building?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um but also I was thinking like um What they mean by remote work is I think they have the camera on some kind of uh, electric... uh... Uh, Remote control. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, makes a lot of sense because there are certain points where you have to, like, cut exactly at a specific time and have the camera be in a very specific spot, right? Yeah. So you want to be able to make it, like, repeatable.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. So you have it on, like, a a track, basically, I guess.
0: Yeah, basically. And actually, that might have been how they did the... The time-lapse shots
1: that's true so still no tripod
0: yeah so not really a tripod uh, in the sense but like you know anyway uh the, so that's that uh the other thing i want to talk about is lenses Ooh. okay okay so this is kind of an interesting like outgrowth of the fact that there are no quote unquote cuts the fact that there are no real cuts kind of forced them to choose a certain way of Doing the lenses? Why
1: is that? That's interesting. Why is that?
0: Well, so it's not something you would really think about, but if you think about it, like, um, when you change the focal length of a lens, like you use like an 18 millimeter versus like a 35 millimeter or something like that, right? Yeah. You're changing the field of view, right? Uh-huh. So if there are no cuts, how can you change the field of view without it being really noticeable?
1: You need a specific lens, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, you need to use the same lens all the time.
1: Right. Right, 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 right. So you're kind of forced... So
0: they basically did the entire movie on one lens.
1: So you need a lens that's going to be appropriate for every shot.
0: You can only do one lens. You can't really change it that much. Yeah. So they, they actually ended up using two different types of lens. Right. These an 18 millimeter and a 14 millimeter, which are both incredibly wide.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's very wide from what I understand. <laughs> um,
0: And... Uh, basically... um. I don't know, I guess they must have switched the two lenses out, like in uh in very specific places that you wouldn't be able to notice it.
1: Like yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to think when but, they would have done that. What?
0: Well prob maybe like when, when the whole screen goes black or whatever, right?
1: Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, right. When they like go through the doorway um, and they do the color that yeah, when it's like totally black.
0: Yeah, then you wouldn't really notice it as much, right? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, so it kind of makes sense that, you know, not being able to cut, you would have to stick with basically the same lens the whole time. Um, I think part of the uh, the choice of this was that uh, they, there were certain, like, um, Inuritsu wanted to get really, really close to his actors.
1: You wanna get right up in their faces, yeah. A lot of close ups yeah, of so Michael people are... looking uh, uh confused.
0: Yeah, so they're uh specifically uh uh Lubeski said that they were Wait, is that something Lubeski said? Uh Sorry, no no, it was Chris Herhoff who said this. Oh cool. Because you know, he's the guy actually doing it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, apparently like they were getting, you know, so close that they were like, you know, like two inches away from Michael <laughs> Keaton's face or whatever like that.
1: That's intense. Um, I don't know how you manage to act like that. Seriously. Like, how do you get into character and stay in character with the camera too? inches just the face.
0: Well, um, well, I mean, they're professionals. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> That's insane. But I mean,
0: uh, so, one of the interesting other... So one of these the things I find interesting about the way they shot this film is, like, kind of all their choices were kind of made for them.
1: By means of, like, how the... how they wanted to do it.
0: The fact. Yeah, so, like... Um, so, like I was saying, like, they did it all on basically the same lens. It was all, like, an 18mm because of reasons that I explained. Yeah. Um, and they wanted to get really close to the actors. Um, so... Another uh, interesting thing is that there they did not use a matte box anywhere on this film.
1: Oh yeah, you were mentioning that.
0: Why is that? Uh yeah. Uh well, like I was saying, when you want to get two inches away from an actor's oh, face, yeah. well
1: that goes with it. You're gonna fucking poke him <laughs> in the face with the with the matte box.
0: So actually, uh, can you uh can you tell the audience what a matte box is?
1: It's like a light blocking device that goes on your lens, essentially. That it's like blinders, but on all all angles so it kind of like pokes out it makes your lens it, like functionally it makes your lens like four inches longer
0: <laughs> yeah if, if you have all the flags on it and everything yeah. it like makes it like, really really big
1: but it, it's a light apparatus
0: uh, basically i said yeah uh, sorry a um a map box has three functions
1: three okay i don't, I don't know that.
0: three main functions okay the first main function is to look cool
1: Oh yeah, well of course it looks. It makes you look like a professional filmmaker if you have.
0: Exactly. <laughs> the second main function is to control flaring, which is what you were talking about. Yeah,
2: lens flare, right?
0: So basically, you have a bunch of flags, and you can adjust them so that it blocks out any kind of stray light that's coming into the lens. Yeah. Um, and the third function is to hold filters.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. So you basically, and that's actually where the name comes from, because you have a bunch of slots in it that you could put in what are called mats.
1: Yeah, yeah, like
0: color mats. Well, I, well, no, actually, originally it was for like literally blocking off part of the screen. Oh, interesting. Um, but I, I, I think like, cause actually if you watch a lot of old movies, you'll notice that they, yeah, yeah. sometimes they, they like but... block off certain parts of the screen or whatever, which is something that I guess never caught on later. No so but anyway that's why it's called a mat box but no basically nobody puts mats in it anymore right that's hilarious but they use those haven't, slots for filters they haven't
1: now. updated the name
0: no because they don't like to do that <laughs> this is hollywood we're talking about exactly um yeah and i think another reason why they didn't want to do that is because it's just one more thing to go wrong right yeah right so if it like because cause you can imagine, like, they're on a steady cam and you know how the flag is kind of, like, hanging from the front. Just imagine if that flag just sort of starts lowering yeah, and gets yeah. like, to the front. Uh,
1: like, <laughs> like a loose screw or something, or you, like, tack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You
0: know, any any anything could happen, right? It's just a um, whole
1: other layer of the living in oblivion nightmare.
0: Exactly. So uh, an interesting thing is that when I looked at pictures of them... Shooting this film without a map box is that they do have a little kind of like flare blocker on the lens, and it looks almost like the lens is like wearing a baseball cap. I didn't say
1: that. That's hilarious.
0: Um, so it's it's like the tiniest thing. It looks like it does nothing, but like you know, I'm sure it did something. Otherwise, they wouldn't bother <laughs> putting it on. I, yeah, it looks
1: like is wearing a baseball cap. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <They're> yeah.
0: Every- <laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, oh, we have a map box. I don't need that. Good point. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Um, so that was interesting. But yeah, it's another thing. It's like, you know, their original choice is that, you know, they wanted to do long takes, and this made all these choices
1: for them. Yeah, exactly. They were forced, their hand was forced in most cases.
0: I think that that was was pretty cool. Um, So, let's kind of actually before we do that let me just talk about a little uh a little thing and then we will get into what i think is obviously the most interesting part of how they shut down. okay okay i kind of noticed something when i was looking through the uh the imdb page on this movie yeah which is that it star um, trek connection no it isn't actually <laughs> no but it is something that we like to talk about quite a bit okay which is that, um, I noticed that when I was looking for, okay, who is the first assistant camera or whatever, uh, I came across uh, something that said, there's the second assistant camera Montreal unit." what Part of this movie was done in Montreal because they clearly credited like actual camera people on this, who are, quote unquote, part of the Montreal unit. What? But that—that's not actually listed in locations on the IMDb page.
1: Wow, sneaky! So they—they they secretly shot part of this film in Montreal. Well, I—I'm
0: not exactly well, sure yeah. which parts, but I'll get to that. Okay. Um, so I—I—I I, I was interested in this, so I went, and also all these people are uncredited in the actual credits. Right,
1: but it's on the IMDb. And I think the
0: reason for that is I will—I will—I will get into. Okay. And that is uh, because. As you may know in uh in Canada we have a uh a very um a, well I guess you know a very big uh sort of visual effects industry. Yeah. Like a lot of uh post production and stuff is done in Canada like uh CGI and all that, yeah. right? Um so specifically the special effects uh were d- and th- th- I found this in a French language article. Uh on infopress.com. Awesome. Um uh, the special effects were done by a company called Rodeo FX in Montreal.
1: Okay. So what kind of special um, effects are we talking about? Well, there's CGI in this film. Oh well yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about those scenes where like <laughs> it totally goes in like where uh Birdman is telling him to just make a Birdman 4.
0: Yeah, so my guess is that because they, they credit like actual like camera people. It's not just... Because uh, you would think, okay, it's VFX. It's all like it's people. All digital, or, uh, yeah, yeah, It's all stuff that's done digitally, right? But no, they credit a grip and a second assistant camera and people who are part of the Montreal unit. Also a stunt rigger.
1: A stunt? So what on earth happened? In, uh... Well, so th- what
0: I think happened is that I think what they shot in Montreal was simply plates for visual effects um like backdrops, basically. right. So I think that there might be like scenes of New York City that are actually Montreal.
1: God damn it we've talked about I mean, we've talked about Toronto being New York, but we haven't talked about Montreal being New well, York.
0: actually, I think it's really interesting because Montreal like Montreal's not completely dissimilar from. New York actually in a lot of ways. How kind of so? Well, I mean like in terms of like when they were built.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: right. yeah, right. Like the era, it's very kind of similar and like also like some of the uh especially sort of residential architecture is similar in some ways. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. No, that's totally true.
0: So, I th- that's what I think it might be. Specifically some of those shots where we had like the explosions and crap like that. Yeah,
1: the explosions or maybe like one of the shots where he's flying or something like that.
0: Yeah, something like that. I don't know. But anyway, um I think it was interesting because this led me to read this article in interesting things from some of the people who worked on the uh um who worked on the VFX. Uh basically, we have a couple of quotes um from uh some guy at Rodeo FX uh-huh. named Sebastian Francour. Say it right? Um, Sebastian Francour. C'est bon. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let's not have French Canada boycott our. Uh... No, <laughs> we love
1: French. We love French Canada.
0: Okay, uh, he says no two minutes go by without having to touch the image. Uh, this is he's the 3D supervisor for this. No studio.
1: two minutes in the film.
0: Yeah. Wow. Because they basically kind of. I think they also had to do some stuff with like trying to mesh some of the shots together. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, of course, like it's they had to really stitch it together frankenstein this bad boy together i'm sure
0: yeah and then um uh, another guy named uh era Kanik- Kanikian. um i'm I'd, I'd probably butchering that uh, but you know <laughs> he said uh the um he said it's a huge challenge uh when we go to watch an effects film it is to see them when we watch Pacific Rim, it is to ama- admire the robots fighting against monsters. Interesting. In these feature films, there is nothing real, unlike film like this. In Birdman, our work has to be forgotten. Interesting. If a real object looks like it had been recreated in 3D, the spectator will disconnect. He will say to himself, what is this? Then we'll pick it up. Or sorry, then we'll... Yeah. I'm sorry this is translated from French yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm probably not quite getting it correctly but It's translated, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. That is a good uh Cuz you to were it.
0: saying like what it, where are the visual effects in this? They're movie? everywhere. They're everywhere.
1: Yeah, like everything is it's it's all it's not about creating something new. It's about making what's already there work.
0: Exactly. Like But yeah, basically um, yeah, kind of cool. Also interesting uh, Canadian connection, as we can Can-con. Like Cancon, although what? Bird Band's no, not Can-con. it's not. <laughs> well, I mean, that was that was specifically we were talking about music, but this is different. Yeah, we could go through the for requirements for I don't know what they Cancon are, but... film,
1: but I'm I, I'm sure it's not this.
0: <laughs> okay, um, so okay, now I think we will get to the cutting. All right. Okay, okay, let's let's talk about the big lie here. Um
1: <laughs> the big lie. Okay. So
0: Birdman is a lie, but if you <laughs> if It's you all are,
1: fake, man. It's all a lie. It's
0: all fake. So if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you knew that. But <laughs> <laughs> Um anyway, as we know, it was not one take. This is clear.
1: Of course, that would but be let's,
0: insanity. Let's, um so this is uh I guess maybe, a sub-segment of how did they shot it, how did they shoot it, which I am tentatively calling, how did they fake it?
1: <laughs> how did they fake it? Nice. Okay, so how did they fake it?
0: Uh, okay, so let's talk about, like, cuts. Okay. So, how would you define a cut?
1: A cut? How do I define a cut? It's... I mean, it's from its literal meaning. Like, it's it's literally a cut. You're cutting the film at one point, snipping it, and you you're splicing it to another part of film.
0: So, does it require actually cutting the film?
1: I think I would say yes. Let, okay, let's like,
0: assume we're we're working on film here for a second. No, well, it yeah, mean, well, because it's a bit easier to explain if we're talking about
1: film. Yeah, okay. yeah, because I so, mean, like, a digital so, cut's exactly the same, theoretically. Just conceptually, yeah, I mean, it's.
0: Mechanically, it's quite different, but I mean, conceptually, it's the same thing, yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah, um, let's say we're working with film. Let's talk about working
0: with film, because that's easier to explain. Uh, yeah. So you would say that a cut is when I take a um, a piece of film, like the way it was filmed linearly,
1: cut it yes. in one
0: place, and splice
1: it onto another thing. Well, to be fair, the splice isn't necessary for the cut.
0: Right. So, There's... so, but you would also say that if I were shooting, and then I stopped shooting, and then I started waited a bit, and then started shooting again, that would be a cut.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I would consider that a cut. Okay.
0: So, what about when we were when we were filming? Uh, I didn't actually cut the film, but there were cuts in it. Yeah. Because I stopped filming and then started again at a different. That's point. a good point. So is that a cut? I, I would say it is. Well,
1: theoretically, you might have to edit it to make it more perfect. Like, you know what I mean? Well,
0: I mean, I might need to make another cut, but I'm saying I did make a cut. It might not be the final cut, but it, it is a cut. If I stopped right. filming and then I started filming again.
1: Because you made the decision to end the take.
0: Yes. So that is a cut. When I stop and I, there is some amount of time that is not captured and then we resume in a different amount of time, right? Different place in time, right? That is a cut?
1: Well, I guess it's a linear cut, yeah.
0: Yes, but so any time there is missing time, you would call that a cut? Yeah,
1: okay, there we go.
0: There is time that is not captured on film, or the place in time moves. Talk about moving in time. Exactly, yeah. Or moving an angle. An angle? Yeah, so if I cut from one angle to the other, but no time has elapsed, that's still a cut.
1: Oh, yeah yeah, I see be. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, okay, uh, so, let me get like more nitty gritty here, okay, <laughs> so, what about the time that is not captured on film in between the frames
1: in <laughs> between the frames well, now you're getting really hair splitty here, aren't you? <laughs>
0: Because like like I was saying, if I start filming and then I stop and then I stop filming and then I start filming at a different place, that's a cut. Right? You're saying
1: like the frames flicking through the camera, there's like Because you're only capturing a moment in
0: time. Anytime you're actually twenty four moments in time per second, right? Yeah. But you don't know, so you're not you're watching actually, back real time. You're not watching back real time. There's there's a cut. And in, in between every frame, there is time that is not being captured.
1: Yeah, it's so and, minimal and, that you don't notice it Well, actually but, it's about
0: Because the uh, the shutter angle on films is mostly 180 degrees So that means that half of the time is not actually on the film
1: Right, half so that, the time Half of the time that you're
0: filming for is not captured on film
1: That's a there lot of gaps.
0: time Exactly <laughs> So basically <laughs> I'm saying that, you know it's all fake anyway, because you know. Because you're not. Yeah, none of it
1: is. Uh, none of
0: it. None of it's. It's all an illusion anyway.
1: Film is all a goddamn illusion. It's all fake. There's, There's no, no way to actual make it motion. Real.
0: You're only capturing still images, but you're just capturing a lot of them.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean that. The concept of film as just like a flip book is like sometimes That's one that gets lost. I I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, I've i really understood this now, like, when we shot that thing on 16mm, and I had it in my hands, like, you know, this is the film, like, yeah, it's not some abstract shot shot. idea, like, I am holding my hands the only copy of the film, like, this film is a physical object, it's not, like, you know, some vague idea, which, I mean, this film was shot on digital, so it's a little bit different, but still, it's the same I think it's something that you kind of realize when you hold that in your hand, and you're like, this is literally the mechanical things, this is how a film is put
1: together, right? Yeah, this is, yeah, I'm holding the frames. Exactly. Um,
0: So anyway, the whole point is, it's all an illusion anyway, so who cares if I move some things around?
1: Yeah, and I I, I guess you're talking to the people who are, like, bummed out that they faked it.
0: I mean, it would have been impossible to do, actually. Well, yeah,
1: uh, but like people who get progressively more bummed out the more they find out that it's a uh...
0: yeah. Well, I'm about to tell you that they faked it more than I think even you realize. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so let's talk about how they did some shots. Okay. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I, I I just <laughs> wanted to be clear: they're faking it anyway. Yeah. Film it's all is fake. all fake. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the mirror.
1: Oh yeah, cuz we were talking about how they shot around how they managed to get the shot of where he How they, do you like,
0: think they did the mirror?
1: I think they just fucking uh edited it out the cameraman in the mirror. You think so? Digitally.
0: Yeah. Um Okay. They didn't exactly do that. I mean, they kind of did. But do you, so, so 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 you think that um that it it's all uh that they just edited out the cameraman
1: yeah but i think they cut when they went behind his head uh
0: i don't believe they did okay
1: uh, so how did they do that
0: okay so it is an actual mirror it's an actual mirror however uh this is a quote from uh ara Kanikian, who i previously mentioned the montreal feed effect supervisor yeah Um, Every time you're in a dressing room or anywhere with mirrors, we actually built a 2.5D DMP environment in those places. What does that mean?
1: Slow down. Hold on. He's about to explain. Okay.
0: Most of what you see in mirrors is a map painting of the environment. The only thing we kept from plates were those that were rotoscoped foreground actors and their reflections jesus christ so the only thing you see in that mirror that you know was actually there quote unquote is michael keaton's reflection
1: that's intense uh that's cool what
0: helps sell the seamless shots are the streaks smudges and light effects on the mirrors um Mm. for that we built a little recipe uh in the comp to extract all those dirt elements we had some shots where we could clearly see them and we had a good extraction of them in the comp comp composite is what they mean
1: yeah
0: so in the comp we had a little gizmo that would bring back all these dirt in the mirrors and then just dial them in
1: so they basically like took a took some of the dirt and then just put it over the rest exactly. of it.
0: Exactly, so that, because it looks like a mirror, it looks really convincing to me, I didn't realize that was yeah, CGI. Yeah, it looks real, it looks, it's
1: convincing, very convincing But yeah, mirror. like,
0: um, I think, I, like, I didn't realize how much of this movie was CGI, to be honest.
1: Yeah, that's intense.
0: But yeah, like, like literally, as they were saying before, like, you know, that's two minutes didn't go by, that we didn't have to add something, right?
1: Yes, so I wonder, like, how much of that they knew going in was going to be like that? I don't know. You know? Yeah. Like, do you know? Do you think they understood the degree at which they were? It was going to require. Well, I think by
0: the time they started filming, scene? they
1: knew. Because they had okay. done it all on <laughs> the
0: soundstage, right?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. They did the post-production first. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, um, no, they knew.
1: They must have known, or would have shut down production. <laughs>
0: I don't know if uh, if uh, the people at Rodeo FX got any kind of Academy recognition here, but I think they
1: should have. Yeah, they sh- seriously should because,
0: have. Because <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like I, I when I first saw this movie, I didn't realize, except for the whole part with the explosions and Birdman flying, what was CGI. Yeah, I
1: didn't realize there was that much. Yeah, at all. exactly. Like the whole that whole. I didn't it's realize the mirror thing. I assumed they would have done
0: practical effects let me just that. look at uh, birdman um, uh, academy awards because we know it won at least two
1: <laughs> yeah well i won a lot more than two two
0: of the big ones uh,
1: yeah no nothing for uh vfx
0: visual yeah. effects interesting you know i think they deserve... Sad.
1: what one visual effects right here best what
0: one visual effects uh oh god uh, academy awards 20 yeah, 2015 yeah okay visual visual effects interstellar
1: 87
0: academy. okay well oh, you know, yeah okay but i mean obviously that's because interstellar is all flashy and shit like that
1: you know like <laughs> yeah you know, it's not it's if, the, the flashy ones
0: i yeah like like he was saying, uh, you know, when we go to watch a movie like this, it is to see the effects. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's not, it's a different type of effect. Yeah,
0: but I but mean, I think I that think this equally, is the, uh, uh, this is just kind of how the Academy operates, I think.
1: Yeah, the, well, we all know that the Academy is a fucking, a
0: uh,
1: <laughs> a joke, yeah. Um, we When we talk about Academy Awards, it's mostly a, uh,
0: but I, I mean, know. like the whole point is like they're not like I think if, to be honest, I think if they had said like, okay, birdman win- Birdman wasn't even nominated for visual effects, by the way.
1: Yeah, if they'd said Birdman won, people, people would have been, been, been like, like, "Where the fuck, the fuck was
0: fuck? the uh, <laughs> visual effects of Birdman? What about Interstellar:
1: Yeah, they would have been like, "Fuck you, Birdman, Interstellar did way better effects. You couldn't you see Yeah, I
0: know exactly, but that's the whole point you can't see. <laughs>
1: Because it's so I know.
0: good. <laughs> anyway, um, so let's talk about some other ways that 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 they cut. Okay. Um, so, what stood out to you? Like, like any times that you you imagined that they would have cut? Like, what's what what's... what like? Because uh, while we were watching the film, you pointed out to me a bunch of times. You're like, I think they cut there, or I think, mm-hmm. I think they cut there.
1: What kind of things... Yeah, well, they, like, definitely cut. What kind of things... Like, big lighting changes yeah. was my first... Like, inside to outside, we talked about. Yeah, I, I don't think there was ever
0: a time they went from inside to outside without cutting.
1: Yeah, and every time, like... Every time you, like, change lighting so that it goes super dark, I think they did a cut yeah. there. Like, they're walking through a exactly. dark hallway and it gets super dark for a second. That's a cut. Base, yeah, stuff like that. I think occasionally... They did some pans, uh, like that one time where they pan into the a hallway. Quick pan. Um, quick pan? What?
0: Whenever they do a quick pan yeah, well, they, and the whole screen, motion blur, right?
1: Yeah, well, that, yeah, that as well. But I was also thinking about the time that they, like, um, go in, like, they pan into the hallway and then there's probably, it's just, like, a, a, an empty hallway and then an actor walks yeah. in. Like, you know what I mean? They probably just did, like, a the cut yeah. there.
0: Yeah, that's for any time. But, I mean, here's the thing about that, though, that's really interesting is that, like, so this is done on a steady cam, right? So yeah. to do something like that would require basically that the steady cam is pointing like really, really dang close to exactly in the right spot, which is like, you know, as yeah, good as Chris Herhoff is and he is excellent, you know. No human being can pull that off, I don't think.
1: Yeah, well that's what I yeah, that's what I was saying earlier is that's kinda of where I imagined most of the effects were was like lining stuff like that yeah i'm sure there
0: was some of that um but i think part of what made it easier to cut was like once again things like when you do a quick pan and there's motion blur or whatever right because like two completely blurry (laughs) shots of a white wall are going to look exactly the same so you can cut there yeah yeah exactly
1: um
0: no yeah also yeah like you were saying whenever they went in a dark spot anytime you know yeah really like I just think it's uh it's really cool. Also it's, yeah, creative. it's creative. Super
1: creative way of doing it.
0: But uh Yeah, there was also the time lapse.
1: Uh the time which lapse.
0: Which is uh kinda like what I was saying about what about the time in between the time. frames.
1: Exactly, missing time Because I mean like you
0: could walk in front of a a uh you could like redo the whole set in between one frame of a time lapse, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. I mean, like I was saying with the time in between frames, it's literally the same thing. You're just drawing it out. Yeah, it's just a different theoretically, relative form of time if lapse. you moved fast enough, you could go through the frame of the camera without being seen.
1: If Theoretically, if you move fast enough, but I don't think a if human being move, can move that uh, fast. Uh,
0: Across the plane of the camera, within one forty-eighth of a second,
1: you could do it. If you were shot across the field of view by a high-powered cannon, it could be done. It could be done. I mean, you, you would yeah, not. That's why you seen. need a. Uh, that's why you need specific slow-motion cameras to shoot. Uh, High-speed things. Exactly.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, that uh, like, is there anything you want to say about cutting?
1: No, I think yeah. that's... You've covered Pretty it. Pretty
0: much. Basically, it's all fake.
1: It's all fake. <laughs> no, but it's interesting how it's fake. Because I think anybody sitting... Any reasonable person sitting down is going to be like, so it's fake. How did they fake it? Um, which is what I was talking about. I don't know if I brought I this up last did, episode. But I think I did. Basically,
0: like, once you knew it was fake, you spent the entire time trying to spot it.
1: Yeah, and that's how it can be distracting. Yeah. but and I, mean, I think this movie also does kind of really well. this movie to be honest, I think
0: is to get, you know, to get us film nerds, you know, buzzing, you know. Yeah, it's like, "Oh, <laughs> how, how do they do that?" How they did you know? that. <laughs> "Look how
1: cool." Yeah, that looks. and basically
0: uh, you know, of the hard working uh Montrealers who made this happen and did not get credit. Uh anyway, what was I going to say? Um yeah fantastic uh move on what are we gonna talk about now
1: yeah that's all you have to say about no. that
0: huh i don't want to say that <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah um well so now we can talk a little bit we're we're coming close to the end but uh there's a couple more things we have to talk about and we kind of briefly touched on it last week but like the ending is really weird yeah and like it kind of this whole movie is kind of like it dances between surreal and real. And, uh, you don't really know what's actually happening most of the time. You know what I mean? Like, what's actually happening? It's one of those movies. And as we were talking about earlier, uh, 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 I think Alejandro likes to be pretty uh, ambiguous, and he doesn't—he doesn't, he doesn't want to be definitive. And I think most, you know, I think artists, well, I think most directors are like that.
0: Like I think, unless you have a really, really good explanation, it's probably best to just not address it.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Because you're, there's no winning. No, I there's think, no winning, Because
0: people are gonna ask you about it, right? And it's like, you don't want to yeah. look like an
1: idiot. <laughs> yeah, you don't want like people be like, oh, that's not as clever as exactly. I Exactly.
0: So it's best to just, you know. Hand wave it so, away. So, yeah, if you, you don't
1: know? say it, people will think people it's, will think it's cool. the smartest thing. Exactly. So, what he said about it, uh, to what he said in, about it in, is in he Uruguay said, Uruguay. uh, in your, god, god damn it.
0: Just call him Alejandro.
1: Alejandro. Look, look, I even wrote it wrong.
0: That's pretty bad.
1: Come on. I wrote it down incorrectly. Uruguay. Uruguay. I was just <laughs> typing it quickly. God damn it. Um,. He said, uh, quote uh, At the end of the film It can be interpreted as many ways As there are seats in the theater
0: I like that, that's very good Uh, To to specifically use that uh, Phrasing I think is good
1: Yeah, you just mean like Everybody has a different (laughs) Interpretation So What was your interpretation?
0: Uh, Well, I'm not going to talk about my interpretation Because that's not important um <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Basically like, you know, that's uh here here's what I'm gonna say. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. It it's you know, this is a podcast about I think, you know, more or less about, you know, movies and the people who make them, you know. Yeah. Exactly. It it's you know, I'm I'm not the kind of guy to kind of look, you know, um, know, what's the word? Like like prognosticate on <laughs> the
1: <laughs> yeah that's not really what we do here
0: it's yeah, woven about, in a lot of the time yeah, but we don't really
1: but,
0: you know and you know like he was saying you know it can be interpreted as many ways as there are seats in the theater and I think that's the point I agree I, I don't think he knows I agree I don't think he knows what the answer is
1: this to me Because that's not the point. Exact to me, directors are like this or a lot like Bob Dylan songs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, in that's that, good. That's good. And that half the time he didn't know what he was talking about.
0: Yeah. And that's no slight against, you know, uh Inaritu.
1: No, I it's still me. it's still written well. They're still well written yeah. songs. They just don't necessarily have to mean anything. They're just
0: yeah, so I'm saying like <laughs> Now we're starting to sound even more like, you know, uh <laughs> um Prognosticators? Uh, pretentious than uh I, I I hoped we would be trying to avoid, but you This know.
1: isn't us. This isn't what we do.
0: No, anyway, and like so I will say that like, you know I will instead talk about like, you know, what
2: the, the movies like this
0: kind of so basically like um this is like it's there's not enough information here to actually come to a conclusion and that's the point
1: that is the point yeah there's not
0: it's it's like the ending of 2001 a space odyssey like i can't tell you what that's about any more than
1: i could tell you what this movie's about yeah exactly another uh i think another <laughs> connection between these directors is that oh, their that they ambiguity, like ambiguity about, about, they like their ambiguity
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, I think that, you know, any kind of actual resolution would have made the movie worse.
1: Worse. Yeah, well, that's the, the, um, the writers said that, well, we talked about this a bit last week, but any comedic ending was completely ruled out, first of all. Um, Yeah.
0: Also, I mean, I just want to, the Johnny Depp ending that we discussed a little bit. Yes. Like, that's as ambiguous as this is, to be honest.
1: As the actual ending is? Yeah. That's as ambiguous, but it's more comedic. It's more dumb. <laughs> it's more dumb, yeah, but it is just as ambiguous.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: so, sorry, what were you saying uh, before that? Uh,
0: yeah, just, like, any any actual ending would have, you know, removed from the quality of the film, I think.
1: Yeah, anything that wasn't ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
0: And I'm not gonna say that I liked the ending, like you no. know, it's it's. Uh, but I mean, I think that that was the best ending that they could have come up with.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done differently per se.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't have two Academy Awards.
1: No, I certainly don't do, have three you're, Academy you're Awards. About it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but. Yeah, I'm also not gonna say I like the ending either Yeah But it's definitely It opened up The discussion we're having right now Which again, that's not our podcast There's reasons for all of this (laughs) Yeah, it opens up the discussion for sure I think, yeah, this is
0: a a common Theme I mean, if you're gonna have any kind of ambiguity In the movie, I think that it's like You know You can't really tie it all up (laughs) Yeah In any kind of way like um also yeah i don't know like i'm just thinking of like other movies in which like it's it's somewhat ambiguous in the ending like um you ever seen naked launch oh yeah yeah i mean that whole movie is incredibly
1: ambiguous yeah that whole movie is like that yeah it's not just the ending
0: <laughs> yeah um, yeah
1: i'm trying to think of another one that's like that um i mean you know i mean any david thing, lynch
0: film but you know the way the thing ends Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Let's
0: not spoil that movie, but... That's a... Cl- like, you don't know exactly what's going on at the end of that movie. No, exactly.
1: Um, but yeah. I think that's just the hallmark of a good movie, honestly. Is one where you have what? to think about what is happening. Not necessarily a hallmark. Sorry, I'm gonna take that entirely back.
0: Yeah, I was it's about not to- a hallmark.
1: <laughs> It's not a hallmark of a good movie. I mean, there are plenty of I-
0: movies that are great that you know exactly what happens at the end.
1: Yeah, it's it's more... It's... Because hallmark's not the right word. It's, it's what people do when they think they're trying to make a good movie a lot of the time, and sometimes it works, and a lot of the time it doesn't. Like, Right.
0: So what's a movie that you can think of where it doesn't work?
1: Where it doesn't work? Where it's too yeah. ambiguous? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, even though I haven't seen it yet, M. Night Shyamalan's new film.
0: Oh, just because M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah,
1: yeah. And have you seen the commercials for it? It's like, what the f- the fuck's going which, on which, here? Which one
0: is this? Again, Old. Uh, what happens? In the trailer?
1: The trailer's just like, there's a bunch of, it's like, you see... The, what I think you I make, saw
0: uh, a trailer.
1: You get the <laughs> idea that there's like a bunch of people on an island and they're aging really rapidly oh, right. in a yeah, sort of yeah, supernatural yeah. way. Also, yeah, the show, exactly. it's like, it seems like it's a lot like the show Lost. I think well, that's, that's a, another that's example. that's an
0: ambiguous uh, thing that, uh... uh but don't, don't get into Lost, because then I might start talking about J.J. Abrams.
1: We won't, we won't get into any of that. Was he, did he do Lost? Yeah. I didn't know that. He was one of the writers, wasn't he? Really? <laughs> I
0: did um, not know that. Yeah, he won an Emmy award for Lost. Wow. Wait, so his... he's, sorry, he's the co-creator of Lost. I did not know that. Uh, okay, Does now he... I'm talking about J.J. Abrams. Okay, so let's move That's exactly move on. what you
1: didn't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so fuck
0: that guy. Let's move on.
1: But but no, this is good. This is what I was talking about. This is like I think Lost is an example of a, of the bad parts of ambiguity, like where it's yeah. just over I mean, ambiguity. I think.
0: I think part of that just has to be with the mechanics of writing a long
1: running TV show. Yeah. Well, that's a TV show. So when we are talking about well, something I mean, slightly different, that's but...
0: like, I mean, it's not different in the sense of like, you know, it's mechanically different in terms of what you see on screen, but that it's like, there is no way to know when you start making a TV show, how long it's going to run. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so you there's no your... way
0: you can plan in the same way.
1: Yeah, you can, like, have your plan, but if you get cancelled and before it's done, you're fucked. Or, if you don't get cancelled. You're arguably <laughs> more fucked.
0: You're definitely more fucked. Plenty of shows are like that. Yes. I mean, the one that always comes to bio is Supernatural.
1: Oh yeah, don't even get it's me so started. So fucked by not. It have got canceled so long. I mean, it is canceled well, now. Well, no, okay, like... well that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation though because they, there's the original creator who did write, Like they did have the perfect arc. Like he wrote, Oh no,
0: it had a perfect ending. He but wrote then five they kept seasons. going.
1: Yeah, he wrote 5 seasons. They did 5 <laughs> seasons he left. They it was over. Then it got <laughs> renewed and did 10 more seasons.
0: Okay. Anyway, this is a bit of a aside. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure. But yeah, anyway, Um. so I'm saying, like, I don't think that there's any effective way you can do this based on, you know, in a TV show, just based on the way that TV shows work. Yeah. From, like, an economic point of view. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, I definitely think there are ways to not pull this off. That, yeah, that is the point. There are ways to not yeah. pull it off.
1: And I think... Like you said, I'm not going to say I like this ending, but I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy
0: with it, it. Well, here's the thing. I think that here's why, here's what I think, and I think we kind of established this when we we're talking about why you can't really effectively do this in a TV show, is that um, you need to know when you're making this choice how much you're actually going to reveal.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can't um, do that with a TV
0: no, you can't you, you can't know ahead of time what you're gonna have to reveal, right?
1: Yeah. But you know exactly how much you're gonna reveal in a in a film.
0: Exactly. So you know exactly how much to give the audience.
1: And in this case it's like a, how much uh of his birdman uh hallucinations I'm gonna call them, even though how much of them are actually hallucinations is the question.
0: Right. Yeah, so you know. I don't know. I can't tell you any more than I can tell you whether or not in the naked lunch, if, you know, he ever was in Morocco.
1: Who the fuck knows, or was he just on heroin the whole time? Um
0: Maybe he was on heroin in Morocco. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> uh
1: Well here's yeah. an interesting an interesting quote that I think we should we need to discuss. So this is um this is, about the, this is what the writers said. Um, the writers also stated that reflections about the conclusion to the film were not directly concentrated upon Riggin, Riggin, or the character of Birdman, as much as upon the lives of the surviving characters portrayed in the film, in particular the portrayal of Riggin's daughter, Samantha.
0: Right. So are you saying that you think that Reagan doesn't survive based on that quote?
1: I'm not saying that's what I think. I'm saying, is that what they're implying? Is that in their heads, he, he killed himself. Who said this? This is this is the writers, but let me find what right. the... Uh...
0: But, I mean, as we know, I don't think the writers are completely united
1: in this. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the but thing. Once it's again, this writers. is another
0: thing about this ambiguity here, is that, like, you know... um, Because it's not... The actual thing that happened is not actually committed pen to paper. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. So there's, it's all theory. It's all theoretical, and it could be different. It's, it's all all, Because
0: you, you have more than one writer, they're each going to have their own conception of it. Because the thing is, if I know anything from collaborating on anything, <laughs> is if you don't have to come to a consensus, you won't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. And it will stay blank. Yeah. So, but that's 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 just an interesting thought because that just implies that they were going for, or uh, one of them was. One of them was going for a much loftier thing than I was reading into it. You know. Yeah.
0: So okay. At the end of the day, here's my take. Okay. Here's my take on the ending. Okay. Um, is that I think there are there are four different endings. <laughs> Four different unwritten think, endings. I think that every writer has their own idea, and they're all different.
1: That is... That is.
0: And, and I think that there is no correct ending because nobody ever wrote it down.
1: Uh, that's a good theory.
0: Because, uh, well, no, here's the thing. There is no objective, like, well, yeah, no, literally unquote, is no
1: reality ending.
0: of the ending because, A, it's all a movie, and they didn't <laughs> film that.
1: Yes, it's all fake.
0: Whatever is not filmed in the movie does not exist. Yeah, it didn't happen. It's not real. (laughs) It didn't happen. It's not real. Um, In the reality of the film, because nobody ever created a final product of it, and it's all just an idea in four different writers' heads, there is no objective truth. Indeed, exactly. Well, actually... Oh god. Is there a logical negation of falsehood?
1: There is.
0: <laughs> so we're here to tell you about the subjective truth.
1: <laughs> let's let's talk about my theory. Your theory? Okay, you go.
0: As we know, I'm not, I'm not discussing my theory.
1: No, Jake's theory is, uh, he's keeping it close to the vest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually basically let it out. I don't know what happens. My theory is about, you know, it's about the real, like, it's very meta.
1: It is very meta, exactly. So, so here's what I think. And this is a, might come a little bit out of left field, but I think it's a good theory. So you know how uh, 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 Riggan has, in his uh, hallucinations, has special powers? Yeah. And he can like move things with his mind?
0: Are you saying that Birdman is the reality and that the, uh, <laughs> the play is the hallucination?
1: Whoa. No, that's not what I'm saying. See, these are all good theories, and you should write them down for, uh, yeah. uh, uh, for the book. But <laughs> here's what my theory is. Ghosts.
0: Ghosts? Who's a ghost? Like, we're
1: talking Patrick Swayze here? <laughs> who do you think? I'm thinking, who do you think? So here's what I think. It's all real. Everything that you saw in the film is real. All of his, uh, his uh, 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 superpowers it's all real, baby. Perpetrated by ghosts. Is he a ghost or is Birdman a ghost? Birdman is the ghost. And he but is, is
0: he Birdman or is he not?
1: Is uh is Riggan Birdman? Yeah. No no. no. Riggan's just Riggan.
0: But he's being Okay, so he's being was haunted. Riggan in a movie called
1: Birdman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Did Riggan play Birdman? His but Birdman story. is also real. His backstory is all real. But then there's a ghost in the St. James Theater that is haunting Riggin and causing right, so him to have the these hallucinations. Right, so the ghost isn't
0: Birdman, but the ghost is manifesting as Birdman.
1: Precisely. Ah, oh, I see. So you know why this is. So is My it like theory? The Shining? Kind of like The Shining, yeah. But okay. the, the reason this ghost theory makes sense is I don't know if you know about theaters, and is that their, they're haunted their history, but yeah, theaters are notoriously the most haunted buildings on the face of the earth.
0: Is that why you're not supposed to say Macbeth? That's exactly why you're not <laughs> supposed to say it.
1: Well, that, that's slightly different, but it is related to <laughs> That's haunted a curse.
0: Earth. That's not a theater. A... <laughs>
1: yeah, because I'm pretty sure this. the legend goes that everyone who said Macbeth dur- in the theater not during the performance died. Right. But I don't really know the... That's not what this one's about. Okay. Because that's uh that's more of a, a Shakespeare thing. And that's those are different type of We're talking of about ghosts. Broadway here, baby. We're talking <laughs> about Broadway, baby. We're talking about NYC ghosts. So Okay.
0: Ancient Indian barrel ground. Ooh.
1: <laughs> that's what happens in the Shining. That is what happens in the Shining. That's all, that's always the go to that's the best explanation for an uh uh unspecific haunting. <laughs> Well, as
0: we know, the land of Manhattan, (laughs) like.
1: Yeah. What a.
0: Okay, let me just. Manhattan. Who was the. uh...
1: The nation? Yeah.
0: Uh... Lenape? Is that the correct pronunciation?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know American uh, nations very well besides the southwestern ones because they're in movies a lot.
0: Right. Well, isn't there not exactly a dividing line
1: no but i mean i know the ones that are also in canada is what i mean right i see yeah
0: but yeah anyway um all i'm saying is that uh the um
1: you're talking about saying new york was built on a
0: new york itself uh was all uh native land right
1: yeah well i mean it all
0: well it all is but i'm saying like you know it was like
1: very specifically you know, a community. Very
0: specifically occupied, and you know, all that. Yeah. And yeah. they allegedly, the, they allegedly uh, bought it for the equivalent of twenty-four
1: dollars. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It's so evil, but you know, you have to laugh at some of these things. Yeah.
0: I mean, uh, apparently this has been this conversion rate has been calculated to be very. Various different things, but none of them
1: is worth it. None of it's worth it. Yeah, well, it's all manipulation. But no, we're getting off track here. Yeah, um, because I'm not talking about burial ground ghosts. I'm talking about theater ghosts. Okay, because they're very different. So let's start with the uh, New Amsterdam Theater, and I did a lot of research. The same New Amsterdam. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, this is this is exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) This is exactly what you're talking about. I know, I know, I know. But it's actually not (laughs) different. Much later, um, I looked into the St. James and uh, but no, there were no ghosts that I could like, no notorious ghosts of the St. James Theater. Every theater is haunted, um, people right. who work in them will tell you, but I couldn't find any notorious ghosts of the St. James Theater. So let's start with the notorious ghost of the uh, New Amsterdam Theater. Okay, the actors, uh, and crew at New Amsterdam this is from Playbill.
0: So uh, okay, so so just to be clear, this new Amsterdam theater is entirely unrelated to Birdman, except for the fact that it's also a theater that is similar in some way to the. We're
1: talking. I'm just. I'm just giving you some backstory for theater ghosts to back up okay. my theory for why I Perfect. think. Perfect. Okay. Reagan Thompson is a ghost, or not Reagan Thompson
0: is a ghost. No, no.
1: Birdman is a ghost. Sorry. Birdman is a ghost. Okay. Uh,
0: Who's haunting th- Reagan?
1: Yeah. So this is a slightly different type type of ghost, but um, they're not all like this. So this is the Mm. ghost of Olive Thomas, a one-time Ziegfeld Follies forest girl. Um, She is by far the most active ghost on Broadway, manifesting so frequently that uh, Dana Amendola, vice president of operations for Disney theatrical group, has placed photographs of her at every entrance to the theater, so workers can greet her when they arrive for work each day which is believed to keep her mischief to a minimum um all of the story is a sad one she is a ghost so that's not surprising uh a chorus girl in the 1915 zigfeld Follies on the new amsterdam main stage and the zigfeld subsequent midnight frolics at the more intimate new amsterdam route on the top floor of the same building um Olive was whisked out to Hollywood, where she made a handful of silent films and married Jack Pickford, the 'er ne'er-do-well brother of period superstar Mary Pickford.
0: Yeah, I was was wondering if there was a relation there. Who
1: was in The General. Yeah. Um, On a trip to Paris in 1920, Jack revealed that he had contracted syphilis, and she likely had it as well. Um, That's rough. What happened next is up for conjecture. Official reports... This,
0: this all happened in Hollywood. But hear me out, hear that.
1: Okay. Official reports say Olive accidentally swallowed an overdose of Jack's medicine. Mercury biochloride, which is poisonous Ugh. in large quantities.
0: Um, <laughs> sounds like it's poisonous in any quantity. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, yeah, it sounds like it's poisonous in small quantities, too. Um, but one has to wonder how she could have, quote-unquote, accidentally emptied the entire bottle of blue pills. Um, Olive died two days later, and her body was brought back to Woodlawn Cemetery oh, in the Bronx for burial.
0: Right. Does this cemetery
1: um, still exist? I don't know. Look it up. It's a Woodlawn Cemetery. I mean, it does, so it was not long ago.
0: I don't know. Um, I feel like they moved a lot of cemeteries. Okay, it seems like it still exists. So, oh, it's a historical national landmark.
1: Holy shit woodlawn cemetery
0: uh founded in 1863 by some of new york's most prominent citizens woodlawn tells the story of new york and the nation from the industrial age through today nearly every industry class and religion and ethnicity is represented in the veritable who's who of american history reflecting on stories of art engineering industrialization cultural and societal development interesting this is from their own website
1: Uh, (laughs) i'm reading through the names i don't Recognize most of them. Notable residents? Yeah. Oh, I'm just reading through it alphabetically, so that's probably not gonna be helpful.
0: Okay, let's look up jazz musicians. There's got to be a lot of ones then. Ornette Coleman, Miles Davis, Duke Ellington. (laughs) Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I see. Anyway, there's a lot of famous dead people at Woodlawn Cemetery.
1: Yeah. Probably a lot of ghosts there, to be honest. Probably a lot of ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Um. (laughs) But then an odd thing started happening. Workers at the New Amsterdam began telling friends they had run into Olive backstage. Impossible, they were told. Olive is dead. She appeared periodically throughout the 1920s, but then became quiet during the decades when 42nd Street went into decline and the theater was underused. However, reports Mm -hmm. began picking up again when Disney Corporation bought a theater in the mid-90s and began an ambitious restoration Um, construction workers began reporting that their off-limit work area was being invaded by a woman carrying a blue bottle. (gasps) Like, the blue bottle of pills that she OD'd on. The report continued after the theater reopened with King David and the Lion King in 1927, and have continued since. Hmm. Um, so stuff like they would, like, see, you'd see, like, a disembodied foot, like, climbing up a ladder from the, uh, from the stage, or you see, like, uh, people, like, you heard people meet her backstage. There's one story where, like, um, a woman asked a uh, an usher, she was like, I need a, can I get a booster seat for my kid? And they were like, yeah, but you'll have to wait for the intermission, because we can't do that during the show. And then when they, like, later, they saw that she had found, a, she had a booster seat. um, And she was like, "Oh, that woman in the back helped me out," um, hmm. and the, all the staff members were like, uh, "What woman in the back?" Like, and they all like The Ghost conversed because none of them had helped her out, and you're not supposed to do that during the show. Uh, but it was the ghost. Well, she
0: seems like a nice
1: ghost. <laughs> she is apparently quite a fun-loving ghost. She's not yeah. violent at all. So right. That's Unlike good. Unlike Birdman.
0: Unlike Birdman,
1: who is a who, violent ghost.
0: Who is, according to you, a ghost?
1: Who is a ghost? Yeah.
0: Definitely, a ghost. Right. Um, so, okay. So, but just to be more specific, cause you're saying that there is a ghost in the St. James Theater. Yeah. Who is not Birdman, but takes on the persona of Birdman.
1: In Riggin Thompson's case, I don't think if he was ha- haunting someone else, I don't. Yeah, think... but he,
0: yeah. So he's just he's playing Birdman essentially. Yeah, he's, he's acting. Tor- he's yeah, he's acting. He's so he's definitely Riggan. an actor. He's a dead actor.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so hold on okay. but yeah, there's a there's a lot of Theo, Theo, uh, sorry, Theo theater ghosts. Um, there's a guy called David Balesco. Uh, um, mm-hmm. he's the most uh, alive looking of the theater ghosts. <laughs> he appears. Okay, what does that mean? Well, it's like Birdman. He's like he doesn't have wispy ectoplasm, and you can't like see through him. He like appears as like uh... an actual dude.
0: Um, like in The Shining.
1: Like in The Shining, exactly.
0: Um, because uh, those who have well, glimpsed... apparently, um, like apparently, I think most uh, reports of ghosts actually are not like see through,
1: right? Yeah, they're not like. like they're most not time like... people
0: report ghosts, they're solid, right?
1: Well, yeah, I was just or gonna say here, solid
0: at least. Yeah.
1: If we really want to get into the ghost... Uh, I'm almost as into ghosts as I am into aliens. Well, I mean one day we'll do ghostbusters, maybe we'll do I know you do God. um, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh we're getting just dis- dis- distracted um,
0: okay, so what about the alien ghosts? whoa, like ghosts of aliens,
1: yeah, why not yeah well, yeah, why not
0: That's a I whole. Mean, I think that's happened several times in Star Trek, yeah. Of course. Actually, I can think of a very specific episode of Star Trek the Next Generation.
1: Which episode?
0: Where they get taken over by alien ghosts. I don't know if you've seen it. Um I they mm. take over I think they take over O'Brien <laughs> um and some other people. Um or maybe Riker and Crusher as well. Anyway, there are alien ghosts point in case.
1: Like most ghostly sightings in theaters are ones like 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 this. Um and this sort of thing happens a lot. Uh, we've had strange happening on stage. One evening the candles on one of our six hanging candelabras completely burnt down, probably twice as quickly as all the others, without any perceptible draft or obvious external influence. An unsolved mystery. But then the more interesting ones obviously are uh in a 2008 interview, Daniel Breaker told Playbill um, that one evening he was putting on his makeup in his dressing room mirror when he saw an old man with white hair sitting behind him, silently watching him. Uh, when Breaker turned around to demand what he was doing there, the man, who resembled nobody working on the show, was gone. He was a ghost. <laughs> he was a ghost. So, so that that's my theory, is Birdman is a ghost, and... And I think that's an excellent theory. Okay, uh,
0: interesting theory. Before we move on, I just want to point out that uh, I was looking for the Star Trek episode. Yeah. And I found another Star Trek episode of Alien Ghosts. (laughs) Which episode? Uh, This is uh, the episode Sub Rosa, which is the one where Dr. Crusher falls in love with an alien ghost.
1: Oh, I do remember that, that episode. That's a later episode, though, isn't
0: it? Yeah, uh, season 7.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a season yeah. 7 episode. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh... Um, but anyway. That's the truth. That's ghosts. That's the truth. Um. So we've got one final section. I think this has been quite a long episode, but...
0: Wait, wait, okay, let me... Okay, let me listen to my theory here. Oh, you've got a theory. i got a new theory. Oh,
1: uh, you've okay. got a new theory that's developed... <laughs> over the
0: course of this <laughs> is not a ghost okay he's an alien
1: <laughs> i like this theory go on go on
0: he's he's an alien who has uh but he's like um it's like a bug or something like that you know but he's somehow like you know he's like a parasite he's, are you saying uh,
1: he's a fucking goat <laughs> no no because he's not
0: taking over him right right but he's like living in his skull and he's like feeding him visions right
1: Right. Interesting. I think there's a Star Trek episode like that, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think there is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 90% of my sci fi ideas are either from Star Trek or Stargate, but like.
1: um... (laughs) I mean, 90% of sci fi ideas, period, are from Star Trek or Stargate.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um,
1: (laughs) But like. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so he's an alien parasite that is feeding visions into Riggin, right?
1: This is good.
0: And is so good. he's trying to convince Rigan to kill himself so that he can feed upon him.
1: Right. So he needs him to be dead. So they, like, this yes. sort this type of alien, they, like, they get creatures to kill themselves so that they can feed on their corpses.
0: Exactly. And there are parallels in the... Fungal universe There are Yeah 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 Like the one that You know about wasp... that thing That like attaches to the ants Yeah yeah And wasps And it like con- Exactly Exactly It happens you know This is There are funguses that do this This is This is a uh,
1: This is a good theory So it's an alien So how did
0: Well it's an alien fungus Because you know Normally these things Can't affect humans
1: Yeah 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 I'm, not I'm just trying to think How Riggin got affected with it So yeah
0: it's not a bug It's a fungus Yeah well, you know, um, fungal material from outer space.
1: Um, yeah, that's a good theory. That's, that's a good theory. I, uh... Okay. So
0: what was this thing you were telling me
1: about Edward Norton not being real? <laughs> I think I read that somewhere, that Edward Norton was like, because he doesn't show up in certain, uh, like, after a certain point. So um, it's like a reverse fight club. Kinda, yeah, it is kind of like a reverse <laughs> flight Club, <laughs>
0: because it's it's Edward Norton who is now the one who isn't real,
1: and he is the he is the, like the catalyst for like Birdman being like coming out. You know what I mean?
0: So you say Birdman comes out whenever Edward Norton shows up? Well,
1: Bird, yeah, Edward Norton. Well, that's
0: is... not true, though. The well, sometimes Birdman comes out that has nothing to do with Edward Norton. No, but
1: but, but Birdman's uh, uh uh like he he takes hold in Riggins' mind. As a result of Edward Norton's actions.
0: But I mean, he shows up before Edward Norton's even brought into the picture. In the first scene, Birdman is talking.
1: Okay, so here's... what here's, here's, So, <laughs> Birdman made the light fall on the other actor.
0: Well, the ghost, or the aliens did.
1: Yeah, okay, these, okay, these theories are all getting too mixed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't think that's a real theory, but
0: everyone be okay, real. Yeah, anyway. I think that's uh, like that's a deep internet
1: theory. Let's move on. Yeah. To our last section of the day.
0: Yeah. Is this well, the final thoughts? This is the final thoughts. Which we do not have a theme for, but I don't think we need.
1: No, I mean this is kind of like because we did get a little bit uh,
0: uh I think yeah, we got a little bit more uh analytical here Um, than we usually do yeah like we usually do but despite my best efforts to avoid it
1: yeah again it's it's not us but you know it invites the this that is yeah this is that kind of film i think if you Um, avoid that entirely you're kind of
0: yeah you're missing a lot that's not the point anyway um what was i gonna say your final thoughts my final thoughts okay um uh, i don't know if this is should be obvious by film? the way... It, no, it's not. <laughs> which is somewhat disappointing to you, I know. Somewhat. You know, I actually, to be honest, I think this film is slightly overrated.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh,
0: which you may not have understood by the way I've been talking about it. Because I think it is very well put together. It's very well done. It's, uh, but I think that, you know... uh. To be honest, I did find the the way it was shot so much distracting. Yeah, totally. And I uh, did not see all the comedy all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's I, I I like this movie a lot, but I do agree yeah. that it's it is a little bit overrated in a lot of ways. I think it's artistically overrated.
0: Like, yeah, don't get me wrong; it is a good movie.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a like, formidable I film.
0: Watching it, but. Um, yeah. Do I think it was the best movie made that year? <laughs> Let's find out. Okay, I don't Okay. here we go. There Academy were a was.
1: lot of films in, on, in the, uh... 20, so
0: this is... Okay, what, what did we go? Okay, so... Eighty seventh um, Academy Awards. This is 2015. So we have, nominated for Best Picture, Birdman. Yeah. Boyhood. Oh, yeah. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. The Theory of Everything. American Ugh. Sniper. Ugh. What?
1: What? Just to, uh, a uh, person in any Red Main film and then, uh, uh. Clint Eastwood? Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Selma. Okay. The Imitation Game, which is a terrible fucking movie. Yeah, I hate that movie. It's so bad. I hate that movie. Um, which is both historically and scientifically incredibly inaccurate. <laughs>
1: that movie. And Whiplash. That movie exists just for. Uh, not whiplash. Imitation Game exists just for Benedict Cumberbatch to be in a.
0: I mean, to be clear, he does look like the guy.
1: A little bit like Alan Turing, yeah.
0: Yeah, like Alan Turing. They're they, they have a certain physical resemblance, but I honestly think that that movie is dis- disrespectful to his memory. I
1: think that movie did him totally dirty. I agree. Exactly.
0: Um. Uh. Like I don't know. Uh. I've mentioned before that, um, you know, I, my profession is I'm a computer programmer, right? So, like, yeah. you know, I, 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 I'm also very interested in the history of computer programming, so I do know quite a bit about Alan Turing and all the work that he did. Yeah. And, yeah, no, just, like, I don't know. I couldn't watch that movie.
1: No, I, I've only seen it one time, and I, uh, it's, it wasn't. It also has what's her name, Keira Knightley, and I don't like her. except Oh Pirates yeah, also of the that
0: Caribbean. was a terrible. Her role was a terrible casting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I like her in Pirates of the Caribbean one. Oh yeah, no two yeah. and three. What about Love Actually? <laughs> eh, I could take her leave her in that movie. I like that well, movie. I mean, right.
0: the rest of the cast, you know, it's uh, it's hard for her to stand out, I guess. It is hard. Great cast. <laughs> um so out of these movies i'm not this is not every movie that came out this year but this is every movie that was nominated which one would you pick that's i know same. which one i would pick tell me what you would pick and then guess which one i would pick
1: i, and I think, think it would we would be pick obvious. the same one and i think they're both grand budapest hotel
0: yeah that's correct
1: yeah i think we both agree that that's that's the best yeah. out of that bunch
0: out of that bunch yeah yeah um Grand Budapest Hotel, which was produced by Scott Rudin, incidentally, I just noticed. <laughs> well,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, uh, Scott Rudin, who we mentioned a couple, extra, couple yeah. times before,
1: we've talked about him before.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Birdman, pretty good, but I prefer Grand Budapest.
1: I agree. <laughs> so those are that's the final thought. I prefer Grand Budapest.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Okay, but let's this. This is just for Best Motion Picture Award. But what about uh? Best actor in a leading role for whom Michael Keaton was nominated.
1: He was nominated. I don't think he didn't win though, did he Name, read me there the... were five nominations. Read me the nominations. You want to hear the nomination.: Yeah. okay. Steve Carell.
0: Yeah Bradley Cooper. Yeah Well I guess you probably want to know what movie it's from.
1: No, I remember the movie Bradley Cooper and okay
0: it, yeah But you the, the could... in American sniper. Yeah Steve Carell for Foxcatcher, which was not amongst the movies above everybody else was from: Yeah. Uh, and Eddie Redmayne oh god I hate him. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch for Imitation Game Yeah, that was Eddie, Eddie Redmayne for The Theory of Everything yeah. and Michael Keaton for this movie
1: oh I know who won I remember who won I'm very annoyed about who won that Oscar and I always have been very annoyed about who won that Oscar <laughs> okay, oh, <yeah>. Eddie Redmayne
0: <laughs> right out of these I would pick Michael Keaton
1: yeah out of those Michael Keaton was the winner for sure I, I mean, don't know
0: why Ben Cumberbatch was even
1: nominated. No, it's anyway. We're getting really sidetracked here, but yeah.
0: Okay, no, but like in all these other awards, a lot of the people, like a lot of the people in this movie, were nominated. So yeah, it,
1: it, it's true. I think Steve Carell that was the closest he's ever come to an Oscar.
0: Yeah, uh, that... I mean Steve Carell, not exactly normally Oscar bait.
1: No, not. That's I mean now he is but, though. You know. Right, I he's guess. he's desperate for one, I think. He's keep right, taking yeah. on these Oscar movies. I guess, yeah. Like he did this movie, he did the big short, he did that weird one about that military guy who
0: Yeah. Had that big, big short, short. uh it's based on Michael Lewis book. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <there's, laughs> same writer as Moneyball? All interconnected. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that at some point.
1: Yeah. Um Alright, let's wrap yeah, it up. Let's know. see. What do we, any other last thoughts? Um Not really.
0: No, yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot of interesting stuff uh, in this movie, I think. And I think, okay, here's my final thought on this movie.
1: The final thought, here it is, okay.
0: The final thought that I have, and it is about the Academy. Yeah. Uh, This, this movie deserves some kind of recognition for its VFX. And there should be another category called, like, you know... You know, subtle VFX. So, so you want the VFX that you don't notice. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you call that category, but like, I think that there are a lot of movies that have really subtle VFX in them, and that's what makes them great. Yeah. And nobody notices them. No. And I think these people, these uh, people at Radio Heroes. FX, the people at Radio FX deserve some recognition, okay? I agree. And that's not just because they're in Canada. <laughs> wow. That's part of it. So that's that's it. Uh we will uh, we will see you not actually, okay, we will not see you next week. No, we are off next week. We're on vacation.
1: We are we are on vacation. We will catch you in Algonquin. Uh
0: yeah, we'll be on a four-day canoe trip. Um And we might we uh, we may or may not be doing some uh, some, uh filmmaking. Some uh, <laughs> filmmaking. Yeah, uh I, I talked to the lab yesterday, I'm going there to pick up some film and uh, to get, get it done. Film shot. Yeah, and Kodak fifty D. Sick. Good stuff. Alright. But yeah. Alright, I'll play this out now. Yeah,
1: so we'll see you in two, two weeks. See you guys yeah, two weeks from now. Um we'll be doing the movie. We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. will f it all of the